I think that's awesome. What a blast from the past. Who's, I think we maybe like a little uh, kind of little, uh, we'll do our own census here, which I'm only doing this because everyone got so excited before when James was like, yeah, census, who's keen? And like three people were like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's do our own census. But who's been at New Hope? Has anyone been here the full 20 years? Yeah, a few, a few hands. Very good, very good. <laughs> Pastor Sue's got her hand up. That's good. <laughs> 10 years? Five years? Three years? A bunch of people. Two years? This is cool. One year? Six months? Anyone's first? No, no, no. We won't make you put your hand up. We won't make you put your hand up. That'd be awkward, wouldn't it? Um, but I, I'm just so excited. I guess I've been here the whole time as Pastor Christian Sue's son. Um, and it's just been so cool to see them do the journey through the ups, the downs, the extreme highs and some, you know, some pretty big lows and just seeing them kind of love people and honour people. And just this morning, just and hearing people talking about Pastor Christian Sue, it's all about others. And I think that's something that, that we can learn from. And tonight I actually want to talk a little bit about some of the things that I've learned from them. And I've actually called my little, the title of tonight is Wisdom's Call. Turn the person beside you and say, get wise. Um, I don't know if you've ever done something that's not wise. Um, assuming a lot of us have. I remember actually when we first moved, so Pastor Chris and Sue were the pastors at what's now New Hope Crow's Nest for like seven years before they came into Toowoomba. Um, and when we moved in, we moved to um, a place uh, on Mount Kynak in Blue Mountain. What was it? I forgot. Grey Gums Drive. And it was a big three-acre property, and it, it had a massive driveway, like steep, long. Um, and we had one rule in our, in our house, which was don't ride your skateboard from the top of the driveway. Now, I don't even have to tell any more of this story. You can already figure out what happened. I did. I got hurt. I wish that I had learned from their wisdom. Um, I just, I guess, you know, it was when Game Boys came out, Game Boy Color. I had Tony Hawk Pro Skater on my, my Game Boy, and I was like, I got this. Like, I'm basically the Australian Tony. Um, I'm not. I took all the skin off my back from like my tailbone to the bottom of my neck. Um, I remember like getting the dog's water and tipping it on my back because it was just burning and I wanted to try to do something. And then I tried to hide it from dad because mum was like, you know, oh, it's okay. And dad was the one who was really like, don't go from the top. Uh, and I tried to hide it for about five minutes and then he worked it out. Um, and I think he had decided that that was punishment enough in itself. Uh, and I, I think we all would have made a decision like that right? Where it's like, I wish I had known, I wish I had listened, or I wish somebody had told me. And that's kind of a rough definition of wisdom uh, is actually knowledge applied. So it's knowing something and then actually doing it. And it says it like this in Proverbs 1, 20 to 21. It says, wisdom cries out aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gate, she speaks. It basically saying, you don't actually have to look far or hard to find wisdom. There is wisdom all around us, and wisdom is actually crying out to us. And I guess what I want to do tonight is have a look at a few things that I've learned from Pastor Chris and Sue, some wisdom that I think that we can apply to our own lives. And in a way, kind of also, I suppose I want to honour them and, and just I encourage you guys for some of the things that you've taught me. So are you ready? Yeah. So much wisdom from these guys. And again, interesting balance for me 
Um, on one hand, Pastor Chris and Pastor Sue. On the other hand, Mum and Dad. And it's just, you know, sometimes interesting keeping that balance. I've been the lot of, uh, I've been the butt of a lot of uh, sermon illustrations. Um, Jesse Mould as a pastor's kid, he can relate. Everyone's like, oh, you're the PK. And it's like, you don't want that title. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, today I want to speak a message about uh, pride. And uh, my son Levi in the second row here, he's got pride. No, no it was never, never that bad. Um, been the butt of a lot of sermon jokes. Uh, also, you know, keeping the balance. Sometimes I get messages from dad that are signed off as Pastor Chris because he just wants to make sure I know who's, who's telling me it, which is actually, it's been really helpful for me as well. He's like, I'm not saying this just because I'm your dad. I'm saying it as Pastor Chris. Um, so I think I've learned a fair bit just looking at their lives, both in church and outside of church. And so tonight I want to share five things I've learned from them. And I'd encourage you to listen for the cry of wisdom tonight. There is something for everyone that you can take away and learn. So first thought is never be afraid to try something new. Uh, there's kind of a, a, a kind of a joke in our house that the, the living room is never the same. Whenever you walk in, the couches are different. They've been moved around. There's a record player. There's not a record player. There's a lamp. There's no lamp. The couches are good this way. You go in the next week, they're this way. Um, and it's always been, I think, mum's passion mixing up how the living room is. Even if it was really good and very functional, you know, when you go back the next year, it'll be slightly different. And, and mum has always said, change is as good as a holiday. And I think that is very true. It's almost like we have a brand new living room every time I go over to the house. It's really a cool thing. Change is as good as a holiday. And what I've loved about watching Pastor Chris and Pastor Sue is they've never been afraid to try new things. They've never been afraid to stay on the front foot, to innovate, to do things that nobody's doing. Um, I remember when they came back in from Crow's Nest, we came back in from Crow's Nest, um, and, and I guess they got really vision to take the church and split it into three congregations so that we could reach people in every part of the city. So we had one uh, we had one that was in the city at the RSL. We had one that was at Harristown High School. We had one that was in the university. Does anyone remember the congregation? Who's been here since the congregation days? Woo! We had colours. We had blue congregation, which was obviously the best. Um, <laughs> I, not that I went there, and red congregation and purple congregation. Um, and, you know, if you ask them today about how successful that was, they would probably give you a varying kind of response. But what I think is really cool is they were never afraid to try something new. They were never afraid to innovate. This was something back then that nobody was doing. Nobody had three campuses in a single city, but yet they're like, you know what, we're going to try something bold, something new. We feel like this is what God's put on our heart, and we are willing to pursue it. And I think that is really cool. And there'd be people that are a part of this church today because that they were willing to be obedient and follow through on what God had put on their heart. Always be prepared. Be ready to try something new. Never be afraid of trying something new. I, I think of um, what they did with many years ago. You, if In the old building, you might remember Sunday Night Live. Who remembers Sunday Night Live? Where you say, Sunday Night Live! And everyone's like, woo! It was a wild kind of service. Um, and again, something that nobody was doing. But Pastor Chris just said, why can't we have dubstep in church? And everyone was like, well... 
it's not really any reason, I suppose. So we had a Sunday night service that was just heavy, heavy dubstep, uh, a little bit of praise and worship, usually kind of a new preacher who was just kind of, you know, try, been trying it out and trying something new. Um, and I remember just the amount of trust they put in people, like especially myself and Slater. We had no idea what we were doing, uh, but they were just prepared to try something new. And we, we came up with this thing called Random Moment of the Week. Um, You've probably forgotten it because it was quite forgettable. Uh, but it was basically, at one point during the service, we just play a dumb video um, that had nothing to do with anything, and then we just move right along. Uh, and I, I thought it would be rude not to, to show you a couple of examples. Um, so the first one this, one, this one's random moment of a week. This is one that we created. As you'll see, it's, it's very intelligent. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we check that out up there? Random moment of the week, there it is. And that's all it was. There was no meaning to it. Uh, but, but Pastor Christian said, we're prepared to try something new. And now random moment of the week actually morphed into pun of the week, um, which I think was definitely worse than the random moment of the week. But I've got a pun of the week here as well. Let's check it out. Hey man, that movie went so late. How are you feeling this morning? Oh man, I can't believe it went to three o'clock. I'm so tired, eh? This just keeps going downhill. Pun of the week, there it is. Nothing to do with anything. A shocking pun. And somehow, through this period, the church grew. I don't know how. I'm not suggesting it was pun of the week or random moment of the week, but we never know. Um, <laughs> But what I really love about Pastor Chris and Pastor Sue, they were willing to try something new. They were willing to empower people, to empower new people, to trust new people. And I think that that's really special. And I think that we could all learn something from that. It says in Philippians 3, 13 to 14, it says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to take, I've taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And again, they've always been so innovative and always just leaning into that big future um, that God has. And, and I think that, you know, we've got to be careful if we get so settled and so content with what we have in life, we can actually end up missing out on all the stuff that God wants to do in our lives. And, and I don't know about you, I would rather make mistakes trying and heading in the right direction than make the mistake of missing something because I was too passive, too content with where I was. I want to live the kind of life where, you know what, if I fail, at least I'm falling forwards. I think that's something Pastor Chris actually says, I'm gonna, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fall forwards. I'm not going to fall backwards. I'm not just going to stand here and do nothing. I want to head into the big future that God has for each and every one of us. So I'd encourage us, be prepared to try something new. Maybe life feels a bit stagnant or stale. Maybe you have just gotten really content with how life is. I'd encourage you, dream a bigger dream. Try something new. Try something new. Second thought is you'll never feel ready. The second thing I've learned, you'll never feel ready for what God has called you to do. And I remember back in the old building, uh, mum preached a message about this. And it, I, I can't even remember if it was the name of the message, but I definitely know that she said, you'll never feel ready for what God has called you to do. And to this day, that has shaped how I live. Um, because I don't know about you, I often feel like I'm not ready 
Does, does anyone else ever struggle with feelings of inadequacy? I'm not ready. I'm not talented enough. I'm not pretty enough. I struggle with that a fair bit. Um, <laughs> you know, struggle with that feeling of, wow, it's, it's actually, maybe I have a dream or I have a vision, but it's just so big that it's actually kind of scary. Uh, I remember just being encouraged. You'll never feel ready for what God has called you to do. That was a massive part of, of us actually moving to Taiwan and to Taipei. That opportunity was like, we are, it's not only do we not feel ready, we are not ready for this. We do not, I don't understand what people see in us, but we don't feel ready. And I remember feeling like, actually, you know, I've always lived like, I'll never feel ready, but God, this one's obviously too far, right? Like, there's, there's got to be a balance. Like, I don't feel ready for this. It's got to be like wisdom comes in here somewhere. Um, but honestly, if I look back at my life and anything that I'm certain that God wanted me to do, I never felt like I was ready for it. I never felt like I was wise enough or brave enough. I never felt like I was good enough of a speaker. I never felt whatever, because you'll never feel ready for what God has called you to do. It says in 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 29, uh, it says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before Him. I don't know if you can relate to that, but I relate to a lot of the things it talks about in, those, in that scripture, right? I love how it says, the things that are not. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. I'm not anything special. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not talented enough. But God's like, hey, I want to use you so that you're not going to be able to boast about it. You know that this is too big for you. So it's going to have to be on me. So you'll never feel, you'll never feel ready for what God wants to do. And I really do love Pastor Chris and Sue's heart for the next generation. They've just always and consistently given opportunity for the next generation. No matter how, you know, maybe good they looked on paper, you know, how much experience they had. Uh, Pastor Chris, who have always empowered people. And I loved, I loved actually seeing Cam Simons up here worshipping tonight. He's out here somewhere. Um, I found a picture of him this week playing guitar at church when he was like 12 years old. So yeah, he was on the band at 12 and he's kind of standing there like, I don't know, what am I doing? Um, and I think he'd be the first one to tell you that now he's here worship leading us tonight. I don't think he would ever, I think he would tell you he'd never felt ready for that next step and stepping into worship leading. But here he is because it's what God is calling him to do. And I just love that heart of empowering the next generation, loving the next generation, because um, I think that's so important. I think if you look at the Bible, where, where, the, where Israel seems to get messed up is when they forget about the next generation and things go astray. And I think it's so important that even to today, we continue to love on and empower and give opportunity to the next generation. So you'll never feel ready for what God's going to do. I've got three points in five minutes. Here we go. Uh, third thought, be a friend to people's future. That's one thing I've learned from them. Be a friend to people's future. Um, both... Pastor Chris and Sue are super encouraging. But if you've ever had a conversation with Pastor Sue, you, she's basically the most encouraging person you've ever met. I, I think it's hard to walk away from a conversation with her without feeling encouraged. Even if you actually really messed something up, you're going to leave feeling like you did the best thing ever. Um, it's actually really difficult for me to get message feedback from her because I don't know if it's good or bad. She's just going to tell me it was amazing either way. Um, and so encouraging. 
both of them, just really have this amazing ability to see the gold in people, to maybe see what other people don't. Uh, but along with that, they're also, I guess, I think something that they really hold dearly is that, you know, a friend is someone that tells you not just what you want to hear, but actually what you need to hear. And these guys have never shied away from having a difficult conversation. Not saying that they love difficult conversations. That's weird. Nobody loves having difficult conversations. Um, but when they have it, it's always with your best intentions at heart. And I've had plenty of those conversations over the years um, about things I could work on, things that I could improve. Um, or I had one just before the service started because this morning I said, uh, let's not make church like Christian karaoke. And Pastor Chris was like, please never say that again. Uh, and, and I love it. You never, know, you never don't know where you stand with them. I remember when I first started preaching, um, Pastor Chris was like, you know, gave me some really encouraging feedback. At, well, at the time, it didn't feel encouraging, but basically it was like, you know, you're trying too hard to make people laugh and you're actually missing the moment and what God is trying to say. Uh, and at the time, I was offended, uh, but actually came to realize, wow, that's so true. And, and not only is that, was that so true to me, but I'm so glad that there's someone who cares enough about my future to tell me what's really difficult to hear. Um, there's probably plenty of boys here who've had a conversation along the lines of, hey, dude, chuck on some deodorant. Um, maybe not from Pastor Chris himself, but an influence of him. Because, guys, if you want to get in a relationship, you need to smell good, okay? You know, there's that old song, if you want to be my lover, they should have changed it to, you got to put on deodorant. Because um, that's probably the first step. Even if you're in with the friends and you don't have deodorant on, it's probably not going to work out. Um, wear deodorant. What am I saying? They're a friend of your future. Um, they're a friend of your future. It's, it says in Proverbs 27, 6, it says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they serve hidden agendas. And the Greek there for faithful is actually the word um, amen, which basically means to build up or to support someone. Basically saying, hey, when a friend says something to you that's hard to hear, if you take it on board well, it's actually going to build your life up and grow your life, as opposed to just receiving the kisses of people who maybe don't have your best intention at heart. Um, so, Come on, I want to encourage you. Are the people around you friends of your future? I think it's a good reminder. Look around. Are the people around you friends of your future? Are they willing to tell you what you need to hear or are they just saying what you want to hear? And, and I'd encourage you in the same breath, are you the kind of friend that just gives lip service to people, that just tells them what they want to hear? Or are you the kind of friend that builds people up, that encourages them, that knows there's power in your words, but also that doesn't shy away from talking to them when, and challenging on them on things that are actually going to help their future? Uh, I feel like I've skipped a point, but I'm just going to skip it um, because I've got a minute. So, no, I'll give you it real quick. Character is how you act slash who you are when nobody is watching. This is something I've especially learned from Pastor Chris. Um, he's the real deal. When no one is around, when no one is watching, he honestly loves and cares about people. And I think it's often that you will find him in the boys' toilets, picking up pieces of paper from the ground um, when nobody is watching and not looking for any glory, not looking for any recognition because he wants people to have the best experience possible of church. And because I don't know what, boys, I don't know what we do when we use the hand towels, but it seems like we rip them up and throw them everywhere but the bin. I don't know if you've ever noticed it, uh, but pick it up if you do that. Uh, and even Pastor Sue, if you've ever been to an AM service, you'll, you'll know if you get here early, there's always someone wrestling a vacuum off of her because she's in here vacuuming the auditorium and they don't have to do that. 
but character is who you are when nobody is watching. And they're servants when people are watching and they're servants when nobody is watching. And I think that that is a real testament to their character, that it doesn't change Pastor Chris on the stage and Pastor Chris in the foyer and Pastor Chris at home. These guys are people of character. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from that. If, if you want to um, go places in life, if you want to achieve big things, you've got to determine to live your life serving others. Put others first and God will lift you up in the right time, it says in the Bible. Be faithful with a little, with the things that people don't see, and God is going to trust you with a lot. So the question is, who are you when nobody's watching? And is that the kind of person that you actually want to be? And if not, I would challenge you, go home, make some changes and start to become the kind of person that you actually want to be. If you're single, start to become the kind of person that the person you want to marry would want to marry. Start to put those habits into place. And the final thought is that everyone is on a journey. This is one thing I've really learned from them, um, is, is recognizing that every single person is on a journey, and on a different journey. You know, we're all on a journey, and our journeys are very unique. Some of us come from good homes, some of us come from broken homes. Some of us have had a great experience of life so far. Some of us have had a pretty rough experience of life. And what I love so much about Pastor Chris and Pastor Sue is they, they don't see people as static. They don't see them as that's how they are and that's how they'll always be. They see people as on a journey, that, hey, they might be here right now, but if God got involved, they could be doing this. They might be not headed in the right direction now, but hey, they're on a journey. And it's something Pastor Sue constantly says, they're on a journey, they're on a journey, they're on a journey. She's not bad-mouthing people, she just, they're on a journey. And I think it's important to recognise that. And, and I've always loved um, how they've just encouraged people wherever they are on the journey. Uh, you know, like I said, they've been, they're just all about people. And I remember mum driving me out to Highfields to pick up my friends for youth. We lived in Toowoomba. Uh, I want to bring my friends along. So she would drive out to Highfields to pick these kids up, to go on the journey with them. I listened to numerous hilarious conversations in the car. Uh, my my favourite of which was when my mum, she asked my friend, you know, what's your mum do for a job? And he said, I don't know. Like, she's like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, literally, I did said, I don't know what, what my, my mum's job is. Um, <laughs> You know, just willing to, to go on the journey and to be there for people, seeing the value in the, I guess the, uh, so much of life is what happens in between the big moments, right? Um, there's big moments in our life, but the majority of life is lived in between. And these guys have just so been there for people in the everyday, in the mundane, no matter what they look like or who they are or what they've done. Um, you know, I remember back in the day when we used to get people coming and, and knocking on our door, kind of trying to tell us about their religion. Um, and, and, you know, obviously a lot of them got doors slammed in their face and mum would invite them in. I remember this one time, she invited these two guys in, uh, they're wearing their suits and everything and she got them ice cream and made them a coffee and just sat and talked to them, um, asked about their family back home because they were from overseas um, and she wasn't trying to change what they believe or change them, she just wanted to be a part of their journey and, and I think that's been such an encouragement to me um, you know, sometimes as, as, as Christians, if I can be honest, we can look at the people around us and want to change them. Um, but the fact is that we can't change people. Only God can change people. So what's our job? Our job is just to go on the journey with them, to love people, to encourage people, to be there in the big moments, to be there in the little moments. The Bible encourages us to, you know, to, to um, weep with those who are weeping, but to, you know, celebrate with those who are celebrating. So we've got to recognise that everybody is on a different 
journey. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And I think that's such a beautiful Scripture, hey? And really, it's God's love for us. It's not dependent on how we're doing. It's not dependent on how talented we may be. It's not dependent on, you know, the great decisions that we're making or the poor decisions that we're making. It's not changed by the mistakes we've made. It's not changed by how dark things may look. True love hopes in all things. It endures it all in all things. It keeps on loving in all things. And, and I think that it's so powerful that, that God's love just recognises that we're on a journey. And, and maybe you're here tonight and you would kind of even say, that you don't believe in God, I just encourage you that He's actually so close to you as well. He's not stressed out by the fact that you don't believe in Him. He's close to you. He loves you. He's committed to going on the journey with you. No matter what decision you make, God is only ever a prayer away. He's only ever a help away. God is always so close. So I hope tonight you've been encouraged, heard some wisdom. I'd encourage you, wisdom again is knowledge in action. And I'd encourage you even just to think of one thing from tonight that you can take home, that you can put into action this week. And I guess final question for us is just, can you hear wisdom's call and what are you going to do about it? So to summarise, never be afraid to try something new. You'll never feel ready. Character is who you are, as how you act when no one's watching. Be a friend to people's future and everybody is on a journey. These are just some of the things that I have learned from my amazing parents, mum and dad, Pastor Chris and Pastor Sue. Uh, and I just want to take this moment to publicly thank you and honour you for believing in me, for believing in my wife, Talitha, uh, for giving us opportunity when, again, we were unproven, uh, for letting us make things like pun of the week and random moment of the week. Uh, it's, it's, it's defi- it's, uh, we've refined it and hopefully we're using it for, for good um, but I'm just so honoured to have been on the journey with you guys so hey wisdom is calling wisdom is all around us let's not just be people who know things but people who actually do things and, and tonight again if you are on that journey and you recognise that maybe in this at this point of your journey, you want to invite Jesus into it. It's as simple as just saying, God, would you come? Jesus, would you come and be a part of my life? And if you make that decision tonight, um, James is going to come and he's going to tell you more about what you can do if that is you. So good. Let's thank Pastor Levi.